Assalamu alaikum guys, um, we're back again, our second SJ running podcast, um, we made it back Arif, it wasn't the first and last. I'm surprised we've got to the second. It's a bit like, um, you know the TV shows where they, you, do a, you do a pilot and then you, you air it and then you, you, they decide whether you get to do more shows, it feels a little bit like that. Um, but it's we, true. But, but we, um, we, we had actually um, some really nice feedback. So we are really delighted to be, to be back. Um, and we're actually looking forward to doing a kind of a, um, a series on these and on covering different topics, um, really just to kind of um, educate people, help them and support them um, through, through their running journey, really. So, so thank you all to all of you that, that provided us with that feedback. Um, and we'll just hope to create more of these. Um, so Arif, I'm going to let you introduce um, the topic for today. Thank you, Ali. Um, and yes, salams, everyone. Uh, so today's topic is nutrition and hydration. Uh, so basically, nutrition is about delivering um, enough energy to the working muscles uh, to really enable us to get through those tough sessions. Um, and this allows for progression, improvement, and it also aids recovery and developing strength as well. That's great. Thank you, Arif. Um, and, and just um, um, a couple of, just maybe one or two disclaimers, really. We should probably state, Arif, that, that neither you nor I are nutritionist, nutritionists or dietitians in this matter. Oh, for sure. For sure. You know me. I'm always partial to a doner kebab. So uh, <laughs> I ain't no nutritionist. But it's all about sharing some knowledge. Um, and if you are training for an event, then sometimes you have to be a little bit more stricter in what, what you consume just to make you uh, get through those tough sessions, really. Exactly. And, and can I have your absolute um, guarantee that we're not going to be talking about samosas tonight? Because I, I think I'm sick to death of, of, of hearing about that samosa in <laughs> 2.4 kilometers. I hope it hasn't put you off skiing samosas. You know what? I had my first samosa yesterday and that was courtesy of yourself. Thank you for the, the lovely iftar. Oh, really? <laughs> um, okay, cool. So, so as, we, as we did last time, actually, it would be, it would be really nice, Arif, if we could introduce um, the, the session for tonight with kind of your, I suppose, your relationship with food and nutrition and running um, and what your experiences has been to date. Um, so basically running for about six six odd years now um you, you you step into the running fold with just thinking it's about getting outside and and just running as much as you can and that's how it starts for all of us um but then when we want to better ourselves or we actually take the step into signing up for an event where we're going to actually challenge ourselves and we're going to do something that's out of our comfort zone then we start really thinking about, okay, what's the right food to eat? Um, is it going to repeat on us um, when we are out running? Is it going to make us feel better so we can run better? And also what aids recovery? Now, for me, one of the best things for me after a long run is actually having cake. I love to eat, have tea and cake after a long run. But it's not ideally the best thing for, for recovery. But everything in its own fold. And as, we, as I said, I'm not a dietitian or a nutritionist. Um, but there's some information, I think, tonight that's going to be quite valuable to some of our listeners. 
Thank you. That's um, that's really great. So I suppose um, if, if I maybe go next about my experience and my relationship with food, for, for those that, that know me really well will know that I'm a, I'm a foodie. Um, I, I, for a small guy, I pack away a lot of food. Um, and when I first started running, I thought, you know, this is this is fabulous. I can eat, as you said, Ari, you know, when you first start running, you think I can eat whatever I want here because I'm going to burn it off. Um, and just a, um, a little story. Um, I don't know if you know that place in Harrow called Lahori Spice. They do this banging breakfast on Saturday mornings, you know, the Nihari, Chanabadura, Halwa Puri. You know, as a family, we, we obviously this is all before lockdown. We'd go there maybe like once a quarter or something you know just to kind of go with the family spend some time together treat the kids and stuff um, and when I started running um, I actually took it upon myself to run to that place in the morning so I stopped going by car and I said to the family you know what? that's around about seven kilometers away from my house so I'd run there so I'd be like I'll burn that off before I've even had that food <laughs> and that was kind of my sort of relationship with food um, and running early on, and then there's a then there's a second part of it, which is what which is what you described, um, and this was a this was a, a former colleague of mine um, who I worked with, and they um, around about six months ago they went back to university to study um, sports science sports nutrition, um, and as part of their case study, um, and did this their dissertation they'd reached out to me, and they said you know what I noticed that that you do a lot of running and I'm doing a, a dissertation. Um, for my for my master's degree in sports nutrition can I use you as a case study um, and I said yeah sure I'll, I'll take part um, and they asked me to keep um, a food diary for for two weeks um, and, and I kept the food diary and they provided me provided me with feedback um, and 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 quite to my sort of my shock um, the thing that they pointed out to me was that that my diet was high in fat um, and not enough in protein and carbohydrates. And we're going to come on to, to those specific macro, macronutrients later on. Um, and they asked me to, to make a change. And they said, we want you to, to switch that. So you, your, your diet for a runner is much more higher in carbs, much more higher in protein and less in fat. And we want you to do that for six weeks, keep the food diary. And then we want you to try and run your 5K PB. So it was mentally hard. I'm not going to lie, making that adjustment because you know, you just kind of, you know, you just eat whatever you want, really, don't really take into consideration. And and I made that adjustment. And alhamdulillah, you know, I think it was September, October last year, I sort of ran my fastest 5k PB. And that was kind of the first real eye opener for me and proof in the pudding that a change in diet can lead to a change in performance. So that's kind of my, my experience, you know, like you said, started off initially, as just like, oh, this is great, I'll just eat whatever I want. And then as you said, you know, as you slowly start going through you realize that actually i want to make some changes here so ali just on the back of that because you haven't actually told me that about that previously are you still have you still implemented those changes or are you a bit more flexible now um i'm i'm i would say that look i'm not again i'm not going to lie to you um i'm a lot more conscious of what i eat put it that way so things like you you know I knew I had a problem with cheese. I'm not going to lie. I love cheese, but it was a real eye opener like, as to how much I was eating when you keep a food diary. Um, so I'm a lot more conscious. I would say I probably have out of the seven days, I'd say five good days, two bad days. But I think that's, that's not bad, really. I think for me, that's realistic. It's manageable. I think you've got to have your cheat days. Um, so I would say that, that yeah, it's, it's become a big part of it's become a part of my life and I'm, I'm just a lot more conscious now of what I eat and I have a greater understanding of how it relates 
to my running performance. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. So yeah, so there you go. So that's my own experience. Right, okay. So, so, so moving on to the, the topics for tonight. We're going to cover three topics, Ari, if I'm not mistaken. We're going to cover uh, yes. hydration, first of all. We're going to cover the three big macronutrients, carbohydrates, protein, and fat. Um, and then we're going to come on to timing of food as well. Um, and again, for those that, that know me, I, I'm a bit of a science geek. Um, I feel like I'm going to take this back to biology 1.0 and introduce a bit of science into this as well. Um, so should we start off with hydration, Arif? Yes. Yeah, so with hydration, um, a lot of people think if we, and we keep it quite specific to running, that moments or an hour before we go out for a run or we're going to go into a half marathon, we start taking down a lot of fluid. Um, and we think that's the right thing to do. I'm going out for a run. Let me just have as many glasses as I can now. Um, and that will keep me good. Um, and then you find maybe, especially with me, you tend to pass that out quite quickly because we've taken on too much too soon. And it's that hydration is actually letting us down. Um, we need to have the height. We need to go back three to four days before and increase the hydration ever so slightly. And it's not about taking about whole water bottles down and all in one go and saying, oh, we're, I need to hydrate. It's about having those sips of water throughout the day. And that's what actually stays within you um, and keeps you hydrated. So when we take a lot more water at once, um, glasses forward stuff, that will pass through us a lot quicker, a lot quicker than our body can actually absorb what it needs. So. We may think we're hydrated because we're, we're going to the toilet a lot more, we, but our body actually hasn't got the hydration that we actually need. So very, very important. And the point that I'm trying to make is that we need to increase hydration all the way through the week rather than, oh, I'm going out for a run. So let me, let me take some water on now. And we all do that anyway. We all probably have a bit of water before we leave to go out for a run but that's not really hydrating you it's the hydration that we do throughout the week and sipping on um, that water throughout the day and having that water bottle with us that's what's really hydrating us um, and, and you know the best way to kind of describe that in an analogy because because someone told me exactly the same thing as well it's a bit like preparing for an exam you don't cram the day before on the, or on the day you, you build up to it slowly right you, you can't just like take it all in on the same on on the day or the two days or one or two days before you've got to like really build up as those the, the days and the weeks come come along yeah and we've also got to remember that after the event we need to continue to hydrate as well we need because we, we've gonna we're obviously going to lose fluid through sweat and etc so we need to then put that back into our bodies as well Exactly. And just coming on to a bit of a biology, because I said we'll, we'll, we'll introduce a bit of biology 1.0 here, is that, you know, as, as a byproduct of exercise, well, one of the byproducts of exercise is heat. Um, and, and as your body kind of naturally heats up, it needs a way to cool down, right? It needs to stay in that 37, 38 degrees Celsius kind of range. Um, and one way obviously does that is by is by sweating so you lose water you lose salt um, and that's just a, a very simple explanation as to why you need to hydrate after a run because you need to replace that water that you've lost you need to replace those salts that you've lost 
a, a very common um, a common thing that you may have experienced is that sometimes after a run, especially when you've pushed yourself or you've gone a, a, a decent distance, I sometimes still get it, and I don't know about if you do as well, Ali, is that you get a headache. Um, but this headache is not generally through um, tiredness or anything like that. It's actually your body letting you know you're dehydrated. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I'm, I have to say, I'm, I put my hands up, actually. I'm really bad with, with my water intake. Um, I don't know about you, but if you keep one of those bottles during the day, but I'm not very good with my, with my water intake. I have to like, I have to really make a point to make sure I remind myself um, that I'm taking on enough water. Um, but yeah, otherwise I'm, I'm quite generally, I'm quite bad. Well now, well now you have the, have a bit more knowledge. Hopefully you'll, you'll try and keep that water bottle with you. <laughs> inshallah, inshallah. All right. So, so that's, so that's hydration, right? So we'll come on to the, We'll come on to the next, the next part of, of, of what we're going to talk about tonight. It's, it's the three macronutrients. So not micronutrients, not our vitamins and minerals. We're going to talk about our, our big macronutrients. We're going to talk about carbohydrates. We're going to talk about proteins. And we're going to talk about fat. So, sorry, if you know, I told you that, that, that little experiment that, that um, I did with my friend, you know, who 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 was who was who'd gone back to university do, do you know what the ideal makeup is as a percentage of carbohydrates protein and fats for for a runner put you on the spot yeah no i don't ali take a guess go on take a guess as a percentage as a percentage i would i would say carbohydrates would be at least a third, I was, I, I would be saying, at, at least or just over, because from, I think carbohydrates is the fuel, is our, is the petrol. Um, so yeah, I'd say carbohydrate, carbohydrates about thirty-five to forty percent. Okay, go ahead, go on the next one, protein. Um, I'd say maybe protein, protein a little bit more. Um, because in, I think, in what we eat with the protein, there's some carbs as well. So I'd say protein would be a little bit more. So I would say, um, I'd say about 50%. Okay. So where does that And the re remaining would be fat. Fat would be about 10 to 15%. Okay. So, so you were, you were, you were, you were broadly right with fat being the lowest, but not that low. So fat is around about 20 to 30%. Um, and it's it, you've got carbs and protein the other way around, so it's actually forty to fifty percent carbs, twenty to thirty percent protein, um, and then the rest fat. Actually, that's news to me. Yeah, because we all have this um, ideology that okay, cut carbs, cut carbs. You want to lose weight, cut the carbs out, cut the carbs out. Um, but it's it just goes to show how equally important it is. Yeah, so so for cutting weight, um, for for cutting weight, cutting carbs out is important because basically, excess fat is 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 carbohydrates that have just been hanging around for too long. So when they hang around in the body for too long, they get converted into fat. So so that does make sense. But um, from a running perspective, it's a it's a completely different it's a completely different ball game, really. So so why don't we why don't we go through each one of those three, and and why don't we just talk about the importance to each one in terms of running. Um, and just kind of tick them off um, and just share, 
sh share that knowledge with with our listeners today. So if we start off with carbohydrates, um, I'll go first on carbohydrates. Um, so as you said, I think you you use the word petrol, right? Yeah. So 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 carbohydrates is basically that. It's it's our fuel, um, and and the biology around it is 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 quite simple. In your body, carbohydrates is stored as something called glycogen, and it's stored in two places in your body, in your muscles, um, and in your liver. And when you start running that is effectively your most efficient energy source. So your body calls upon glycogen within the muscles um, and within your liver to basically generate um, energy, really. Um, and effectively, um, it's, as I said, it's, it's the most, it's the most um, efficient fuel that the body can burn to produce the energy that it needs, really. Um, so, so if you probably know about this because you've done way more long distance running than I have, but you heard of the concept of of carb loading. Yes, yes, and I've done a lot of it as well. <laughs> so do, do you want to then talk us just through what, what about the concept of carb loading? Um, so again, carb carb loading is almost when you're approaching um, a long distance event or you know come the weekend you're going to go out and do your long slow run um, about three days before you're going to start carb loading um, and that's uh, you're going to start having your pasta and stuff like that to to and that to put those carbs within your body so to fill that petrol tank up so you're good to go for the weekend so you can't all have it the morning of or the night before uh, it sometimes it doesn't um it isn't converted uh, enough um, in your body to, to, to give you that energy that you need. So it's usually three days before people start carb loading, um, and pasta. It's all it, it, pasta is generally the go-to one um, for, for for carb loading. And for me, it's it's always worked up until, um, up until just before Ramzan started. Ali, I, I have to say that. Saturday night was always pasta. Hmm. It was always pasta. Um, just knowing that it's it's the right right sort of fuel to be having for for the next day for the Sunday run. Um, and and it's it, I suppose there there's it's the kind of a, there's, there's a similar element related to the water as well. Um, but with with carbohydrates is that it takes time for your body to make glycogen and store it in your muscles so as you said you can't just wake up in the morning and go right i'm gonna have i don't know oatmeal today and it's gonna be fine i'm sure that probably is good for you generally because it's a slow burner but you, you're right you need to do it two three days before so your body can make that glycogen store it in your liver and in your muscles so then when you need it on the day of the run it calls upon those reserves yeah exactly and it goes it it, it, it sort of coincides with that theory of tapering before um you before your your event or before you go for your long run so chances are on a sunday if you're going to go and do 10 miles plus saturday you're going to do very minimal or maybe nothing at all just knowing and preparing your body for sunday's event mm. that's that's really that's really great carbs okay so so we've ticked off carbs of on my list um next up was protein yes yeah, tell so me protein. some more about protein so protein, let's start with the basics. Uh, so proteins are large um, complex molecules that play a, a critical role in the body. Um, they do most of the work in, in, 
in cells and are required for the structure and function and regulation of the body's tissue and organs. Uh, so that's a science sort of textbook uh, approach to what, what protein is. So, but basic high protein foods would be lean meats, chicken, eggs, yogurt, um, beans, and, and whole grains. So why is this good for runners? Um, a lot of people label protein with people that are going to the gym to do bodybuilding, but in regards to runners, um, adequate protein intake actually accelerates growth. So, uh, and it also speeds up the recovery um, by helping us build those muscle fibers that are stressed whilst we're running. So if you think about it, when we actually go out and run, whether we go out and run a hard 5K or we go out for a long, slow run, we are putting a lot of stress on our muscle fibers. And those muscle fibers um, actually result in small tears. Um, so if you think about it, to go two steps forward in, in our training, we actually have to take one step back. So we have to put our muscle fibers through that stress. They, they have those micro, micro tears in them. And then that's where the protein comes in. Um, the protein then comes in as a muscle builder, as a fuel for the muscles. So where you were saying carbohydrates is, is the petrol to actually power us on the run. The protein is the, um, uh, maybe I don't have a good analogy for it, but it's almost like the oil that's in the engine. Yeah, mm. keeping everything smooth and, and keeping the, those pistons and everything lubricated and strong so, then the, so the engine can keep turning. Um, so as I said, as we run, we're causing like micro tears in our, in our muscles uh, and the protein helps recover the damage. Um, so luckily for us, um, as we get stronger, I, I was saying we take one step back to make two steps forward. So protein, I'd say, isn't as important to say someone that's going to the gym um, and as putting direct stress on individual muscle groups um, because they just want to build that muscle. So their intake of protein and their rely the, the amount they rely on protein through supplements, yeah, we don't actually need that. We can get a good amount of protein just through some lean, uh, lean meats, chicken, and uh, foods that I was just I just mentioned. It's not very very important that we need to say, all right, let's we need to start taking protein supplements because I'm training for a half marathon. It all it's all about having a healthy, balanced diet. Um, so. The main priority for a runner uh, is to have a protein as a basic function and recovery rather than have looking for it through through supplement. And, and I think we'll probably touch on the recovery when we come on to our, um, our next topic um, shortly in the next few minutes, which is around timing of food as well. Um, but, but before we do that, we've still got one more macronutrient to cover and, and I'll cover that. Um, which is fat um, and, and fat always gets um, um, a bit of a bad reputation you know I'm not going to state the obvious as to, as to why really but but again just for, just from my reading and my understanding is is that again you know carbohydrates is your main fuel it's the most efficient way for your body to to generate energy but you you, you only hold a certain amount 
of glycogen or carbohydrates in your body there's only a certain amount of storage and once it's depleted it's depleted really and you know you hear about you know this this analogy of runners when they say they hit the wall that's effectively when your, your glycogen storage of complete glycogen storages of completely they've just they've, they've maxed out there's nothing left actually and and i suppose that's where then fat then comes into it really and, and probably much more helpful to those that that want to do the really long distances of the marathons and the ultra the ultra marathons and fat is very interesting because um it it's 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 available in in large amounts there's actually no there's no limit to it so like carbohydrates there's a limit to it once it's depleted it's depleted fat is available in in very large amounts the only problem with with fat is that it's um it's not very efficient at creating energy so for your your rapid runs if you're if you're somebody that's into a quick you know you want to, you're interested in in quick times and stuff probably not so helpful to you but but certainly for the the longer runs and and if ever anyone you know in our group decides that they want to move into ultra marathons then there's there's known to be some benefits and i'm not saying that you know that's a that's a that's a blanket to just go out and just eat loads of fat fatty food <laughs> and store up on on your fats really but but there is um if if you read the literature and you read sort of the, the the magazines i know me and you do as well there's an interesting kind of um group of people who believe it's actually better to have a low carb diet and a high fat diet primarily because of the reasons that it's it's a much more slower burner and it's available just in much more abundant amounts um but but definitely it's almost like your secondary fuel really it's definitely not your primary for primary fuel I don't know. Do you have? Sorry, do you have anything to add to that? Um, only that I have a big layer of fat around my midsection, <laughs> so there's plenty, plenty there for me to um, to burn off. But as you said, it is it is the slowest burning one, and um, it's it's only once you pass your carbohydrates, once you've burnt them through, do you then step into fat burning. So as we've been going out and whilst fasting and running, that's actually really good for fat burn because there's limited amount of carbohydrates in us as it is because we've been fasting. So the body's then turning to the fat to, to actually create the energy. And that's where we're actually making inroads into, into fat burning whilst we've been fasting and going out for runs. So that comes back to our previous podcast. I don't know if you remember, I think both of both you and I mentioned it, I think uh, from my own experiences, I said, you know, as you get towards the end of Ramadan, you start noticing that you have some of your best runs. And I wonder that's because you're probably, by that point, you probably burn off quite a, a good amount of fat. And so you're, you're probably in, in, in a little bit more of a leaner shape than you were at the start of Ramadan. Yeah, I, I believe that. That's interesting. That's interesting. Okay, so 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 that covers that covers our three main um, nutrients: carbohydrates, fuel, protein, muscle, fat. Much more longer endurance, slow burner um, for the longer distances. Okay, so if we come on to timing of food, timing of nutrition, right? Before, during, and after. Why don't you kick us off with with before? Okay, yeah, sure. So, firstly, when you begin a run. Um, you shouldn't feel neither hungry nor overly full. So 
you don't want to eat immediately before running because it can lead to cramping or the side stitch that, that, that you get if you've just if you've eaten too soon. Um, but by running on an empty stomach, it may also cause us to run out of energy and leave you feeling very fatigued during the run. And that's something we've, we've spoken about before. So we need to figure out when and what to have um, before a run. Uh, so when we think before a run, how long before do we go? Um, what do we eat days prior? Um, and what do we eat before we go out for the run? So the day, the, I'd say the days prior, um, we need to start thinking about, as we said at the beginning of the, the podcast, we we're talking about carb loading and stuff like that. So we need to start thinking about good source of, of carbs and taking them on. Um, and carbohydrates, as you said, should, am I right? It's about 60%, 50% you're saying? 50%, 50%. Yeah, 50% should take up of that total calorie intake. So good carbs are coming from foods such as fruit, potatoes, um, vegetables, um, steamed or boiled rice, whole grain breads and whole grain pasta. Um, so the, the whole grain stuff is, is, is fabulous for, for, for the good carbs. Um, and then you, there's also the carbs that are quite stodgy, which isn't the, the go-to sort of carbs. You know, it's generally the more tasty one, but it's not <laughs> the go-to one. Uh, so first question to ask ourselves um, when we're planning and thinking about this is what sort of distance are we doing? Yeah. When we're going to go out for a short, sharp run, we don't actually have to overly think about carb loading. Uh, you don't really have to overly think about what breakfast you're going to have before you go out for that sort of short run, because you've got, you know, you've got enough stores of carbohydrates, et cetera, in you to get you through. But when you start thinking about long distance and the long, slow run, um, and especially when you start doing training for an event where you know um, you might not have as many recovery days, you might have to go out again to do these weekly miles or follow some sort of training plan. We need to be um, prepared and we need to have the full process in place. So with the, and I'm going to concentrate more on the slow, longer runs, and that's generally where my journey of running takes me um i found that that's what i enjoy most i enjoy the challenge of of churning out the miles and seeing how far the body will take me um and in that you learn about how to fuel yourself so even if we're doing speed work it, 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 we, we can learn from it as well so when 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 we there's there's two ways to look at it if you if you are concentrating on speed work and some people do like to look at the times and stuff like that you need um you need something that's going to have immediate impact because you need it now yeah you're going to get out there and you're going to within probably a kilometer you're going to you're going to hit pace and you so you need it there and then and with the long slow run you don't need it immediately you're going to build into that run. You're going to start off nice and slow and gradually get into a decent pace. And you need to, you need something slow burning. So that's the main difference between the two um, when we think about what we're going to eat before. Um, so that, again, we need to plan ahead. So just to keep it simple, 
morning porridge, uh, a slice of toast and a banana is, is, is perfect for any sort of run because the porridge is, is a slow burning, slow release. So even if you're going to go, go out and do a park run and you're going to go and do it at rate, uh, rate's pace, you're going to have some fuel in you. Yeah, you get, and you're not going to feel depleted at the end of it. And then sometimes you can run so hard, even though it's only three miles at the end of it, you need to sit down because you've taken so much out of your body. So something like porridge is great. Banana, again, a slow releasing carb, but banana's got a good source of sugar in it that's going to hit you straight away and, and it's going to be there for the get-go. Um, other such, such foods for breakfast, I'd say, is bagel, fruit smoothie, um, and the concept is to keep it simple and and make sure it's a slow release of energy, just so, as I said, you, we have something all the way through the run. And so at the end of the run, you, you're not finished. You, you we, Generally, we all have um, a family to go back to. We Sometimes we have uh, partners and children waiting for us that, to continue the day. So we might be home in the shower and back out to spend the day with the kids so you've got to have enough energy in you and and that slow burning energy is, is is what we need and and what about um i suppose again does it make a difference depending on what type of run you're doing whether you're doing that um you know the quick 5k or the long run in terms of how long you would have something to eat or is that a, a personal preference you know like just going back to that story i was telling you about you know when we go out to, to Lahori, I definitely don't run back after I've had Nihari. I might run there, but I definitely ain't running back on, an, on, 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 a, on a Nihari stomach. I can guarantee you that. So what would you say about yeah. timing of, of food in terms of when you're planning to run? Good, good point. Um, yeah, so if, we think, if I think about breakfast, breakfast on a long run shouldn't, should be um, no later than an hour before. And that's even pushing it um, slightly. If you read a lot, if you read a lot of the running blogs and stuff like that, the rule of thumb is generally two hours. Um, for me, I don't like to get up that early on a Sunday and, and two hours, three hours before and then have some breakfast. And then you, you know you're still going to have over an hour before you go out. So I've got used to having up to an hour before and it hasn't started affecting me as long as I keep those foods simple. Nice. A lot of people maybe go for something quite sugary, which gives you an instant spike. But then midway through a run, you start you start going downhill. And I suppose that comes back to your point, which is probably OK if you're doing a 5K rapid. You need that burst of energy, but maybe not so great if you know you're going to be doing a 10 miler on, on a Sunday. Yeah. Cool. OK, so so during a run, um, I mean, I state the obvious, you know, you can't, you can't have much while you're in the middle, middle of a run, whether it's a short one or, or a particularly large one, you know, you, there's nothing you can take on substantial other than hydrate yourself. I'd say for the longer runs, the, the, the main thing you, you probably want to start doing, if, if you know you want to start working up to the 10, 11, 12, 13 milers, is you probably want to start taking um, the, those energy gels. Um, and and effectively what those energy gels are, are made up of is they're mainly made up of glucose so you get that 
you get you get you replenish you replenish the lost carbohydrates and then you get a bit of a, a sugar kick as well so it just kind of gives you that boost of energy um um but yeah i would say for me personally you know during a run it's it's very limited i i, I definitely don't prefer drinking um it, i know some people do and, and that's obviously that that works for them but for me it just doesn't work but on the longer runs i've definitely started to take those energy gels and and notice um, a big difference that they make you know probably again from what i understand and what i've read the rule of thumb is one energy gel for every 45 to 60 minutes or one energy gel for every six miles six miles is that correct yeah the brands slightly differ a bit um some brands depending a lot of it depends on the amount of carbs in there so there's about between 20 and about between 20 and 36 grams of, of carbohydrates in these gels, depending on the brand you choose, which is good, which um, is easy on your stomach. Uh, so just, just a bit of my own personal experience, I find as my personal rule of thumb um, is that anything 10K don't really need to have any sort of energy source with me, don't need to carry water or anything like that, can comfortably get through it. So it's only after 10K do I need to start thinking about uh, supplementing or having some sort of energy source or, and, and fluid. So when, when I think 10 miler, which I do quite often, um, I, I can actually get through 10 miles without any sort of energy source, but I'm not doing my body any justice because I then do feel quite flat at the end of it. Um, so where you say you don't prefer to have water, I would actually say to you back that you should actually try and see how you feel because as much as I don't like carrying a hydration pack um, and the summer months are, are coming upon us, Ellie, where we will probably do maybe some long runs together, um, just sipping on water every now and then, it really helps. It really helps. Sometimes it actually delays the, the the timing of when you actually need your energy gel um because the water is actually doing giving you back so much and that's just going out on a normal sunday without really worrying about time but when i've gone to a half marathon i actually have a routine of when i'm going to hit my first gel because when we go to an event and i know ali you're you're one to check your watch as well we like to look at we like to hold pace. We like to finish a bit faster as well. So I actually hit my first gel at the 7K mark, which is actually about four miles. Not because I need it. It's because I want to continue. So I, mm -hmm. I say, let's take it on now so I can continue. For, I don't want to drop. I want to continue. So if sometimes if we've falling off, falling off the, the ladder, it takes a bit of time to step back up. So it's a bit of I, that. That's my own personal thing. And maybe some people will maybe try that. But I generally have it as a rule, uh, one, one about four miles. And then I'll have one about 10 miles. And generally in a half marathon on an event, I'll have two. On my own personal run, if I'm doing that sort of distance, one would be enough because I'm not so worried about pace. Okay. 
Well, I'll take you up on the offer of um, taking a water bottle in summer. But at the moment, it doesn't look like there's going to be a summer because it's still around about three degrees, mate. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I think summer yeah, may have already passed already, Aaron. It's, <laughs> it's these past nights, the, the wind's been howling. I know. It's been really bad. It's been really bad. All right. So just to close this off now. Um, so we talked about before, during. What about after? So after. Um so to be honest, many people like to, to give themselves a treat after they, they finish a run. Um, with me, it's a slice of cake. With other, with other people, with yourself, it's a nice Lahori breakfast. Um, but, and I say, why not? Um, sometimes that's part of the reason as why, why we, we go out in the first place, because I know I'm not going to win. No, I'm not going to come first. I know that. So part of my running journey is, about me being being able to enjoy those the slice of cake and the and the naughty the naughty breakfast and that but the science behind it is that we should try and aim to have something within 30 minutes of finishing the run that's when our bodies need it most uh, something simple like a banana um a glass of milk or a milkshake it's actually people always go for protein shakes but milk itself has enough protein in it that we we kind of sidestep it but a glass of milk maybe put a bit of milkshake in it and and that's really what we need um we shouldn't really overload ourselves in that first half an hour um but just to give you a bit of information so one glass of skimmed uh, semi-skimmed provides about 10 grams of protein um, so which is quite a decent amount um, thinking my son has protein supplements and I read the, the packet and stuff like that and he puts these these like kind of like half cupfuls three of them into the, into water and you're only then getting about 30 grams so milk is 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 I think is the go-to um, bananas offer like a punch of carbs. So that gives us uh, a bit of the lost fuel that we've lost during the run. Um, and it's also really good to stop muscle cramp. Um, and another thing about the banana, it's a really good source of, of vitamin D. Um, and with these not so sunny, bright days, we need our, we need our vitamin D. Um, so basically to, to wrap that up, uh, the concept is to take on a small amount of carbs to give us back the energy loss uh, so we don't really feel drained for the rest of the day. And also some ever important protein to fuel the muscles and aid growth. Yeah, and that concept around taking food on, you know, 30, 45 minutes after a run is is something that I wasn't even aware of until maybe around about, um, you know, two three months ago actually and the importance of it in 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 kind of aid in recovery is you know you spoke about muscle fiber tears those micro tears and and helping replenish that and the importance of that happening within you know an hour after your run and I was previously one of those I'd just come back and like lounge on the sofa for ages and maybe not have something to eat and then I realized that actually this is not good for me you know I need to make sure that um, I'm getting something in um, fairly quickly actually um, so I think I just wanted to just hammer home that that point because I don't think it's it's a well-known fact actually. Ali I just wanted to just backtrack a little bit just in regards to those energy gels and and I'll ask you the question but it's a lot more so for people that are listening who haven't tried the energy gels 
Did you ever find that the energy cells were unsettling to your stomach? Yeah, this is really important, actually. If you ever are going to try energy gels, um, and this is what um, a friend of mine from work told me, actually. He said that um, when he introduced me to energy gels, he said, make sure you try a few of them just at home because um, they sit differently with different people. Um, because, uh, you know, he said to me, you really don't want to try one of these energy gels as you go out for your first long runs and then realize that it's unsettling on the stomach. So, yes, I have tried a few of them um, and some of them haven't settled with me. There's a brand, I think it's called SIS. Um, mm -hmm. th those seem to work best for me. So if you are going to consider taking on energy gels, definitely consider getting some samples and just trying them at home because you'll know within five minutes whether it sits with your stomach nicely or not yeah yeah i agree you have to and and that goes back to if you're training for something um make sure this is also part of the training so you, your body's used to it um it, you you can still run because for some people it's very unsettling um i've only felt it once or twice but i'm I don't, I, I know of the SIS brand, but I tend to use the High Five brand, um, which I'm, 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 I'm happy with. But I also know other people that can't have it at all. Um, mm. So I know one, one guy who actually has like bread and butter pudding. He has it wrapped <laughs> up in cling film and it's the only thing that works for him. Um, <laughs> other, other people carry dates with them. Um, a, some people do jelly, jelly babies and um, little bits of chocolate, but those are will give you a sugar spike. So as fast as you'll go up, you'll you'll come yeah. down as well. Um, but yeah, you don't have to use gels. You can have something else with you as well. Exactly, but those jelly babies and those um, those like little chocolates, whatever you call them, from the the penny shops, they're freely available whenever you go to any like local run. You pass the uh, someone will have like a, a table out, and there'll just be like plenty of those, and you just take a handful and whack them in your mouth. And as you said, uh, you get I, that. I'm going to tell you, sorry, Elliot, I'm going to tell you a story about this now. Um, we're going totally off track. I hope we've got enough time. Okay, so. Um, so I was, we were doing a, a half marathon, or I think we were doing marathon training, which was a, a, maybe a 15 or 17 mile event. And um, uh, when I finished and I, I, I met Sakina, I said, oh, did you see a mile so-and-so that there was jelly babies? Did you have it? And she, and she looked at me and she said, did you actually have it? And I was like, yeah, I needed it. I, it, it, it got me through the last few miles. And she said, okay, let me tell you, you know, you know, the, the two miles before there was a guy standing with a rubber glove on and he had a huge blob of Vaseline on his hand. He goes, so she goes, people take that Vaseline and then they rub it where it's been chafed. And that same hand is then going into that bowl of jelly babies. And I was like, oh my God, never again. Will I put my hand in a bowl of those jelly babies? I'll never do it again. And now, now, and I, and I kid you not, Ali, I just run past it. <laughs> and I think now maybe I've put you off and everyone else listening to this. Like, I, I, I don't go there. <laughs> I don't go there anymore. I don't think I'm going to ever have those jelly babies now on a run, Arif. I think I'll just carry my own in my, in my hydration on my own backpack. Might, might do it for me um but yeah maybe that's a good point to end end the podcast <laughs> on really um so yeah thank you once again Ari, for your time 
Um, I hope that's been beneficial to whoever's listened to this podcast. Um, again, I can't say hit the like, hit the subscribe button because we don't have it really. But what I am going to say this time is, you know, if you're interested in hearing about a specific topic um, in future podcast series, um, if there's something that you want us to cover, if you have questions um, that you have, then feel free to drop them to me and Arif and, and we'll see what we can do. I'm hoping Arif um, in future ones, we're going to start bringing some guests in as well, because I think it would be nice to hear from other people, other experts, other people's views. You know, we always say running is very individual, is a very individual sport and, and what works for you doesn't work for me, but what works for me doesn't work for you as well. So always good to kind of hear what other people think as well. Yeah, I agree. And, and it would be great to get some people on and, and just hear their stories about what they've seen and what's happened to them on, on runs, because sometimes these stories are, are great to hear and share. <laughs> just like your jelly bean story, Arif. <laughs> cool. All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening again. Um, hope you've enjoyed it. Um, take care. Um, hope to see you guys soon. Kadafis. Kadafis.